Welcome to Mercola Healthy Pets Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and as a part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, I'll be interviewing some pretty amazing colleagues who practice integrative and functional medicine. Starting this week, you can also nominate your vet or a local rescue or an inspiring individual in your community to be the recipient of our new Healthy Pets Game Changer Award. I hope that you'll tune in every day this week to be inspired and educated by passionate healers from around the world. And don't forget to nominate that special someone that you know that has gone above and beyond to help animals. Again, thank you so much for your support. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm very excited that I have Dr. Janice Huntingford joining me. She is an integrative specialist, and her background is inspiring and fascinating, and she's here as a part of our Integrative Veterinary Medicine Awareness Week. So thank you, Dr. Janice, for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me, Karen. So talk to me a little bit about what inspired you to want to become a veterinarian, and then beyond that, what inspired you to go on and get additional training in rehabilitation and sports medicine? Well, I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a veterinarian. Uh, my mother would uh, have fond memories of times when I was bringing home snakes and frogs and turtles, and we lived out by the lake. So I was always, you know, had something that I was trying to nurse back to health. So veterinary medicine seemed to be a good fit for me. So. I I loved the animals, but I was also very good at science, so it, it, was, a, it was a very good fit for me. So I ended up um, going to the University of Guelph, which was uh, in Ontario, Canada, which was the only college that I was eligible to go to because we have a, a system in Canada where you have to go to your regional uh, your regional program and uh, I was able to get in after just a couple of years of university so I never even finished my bachelor of science and uh, I just sort of really took to it I guess like a duck to water yeah and then did you did you graduate and go right into conventional practice or or what was your next step after graduation so, I, yeah, I graduated a long time ago in 1984, and uh, I went into a conventional practice, and I went into a small animal practice, which was really my goal all, all along, but I think I'm probably the only veterinarian to ever go from working in a small animal practice for three years to going on to a mixed practice for 10 years. So, I uh, it was kind of a very interesting thing, and uh, I, I have to say that um, for my mixed practice years, that sometimes James Harriet was really my inspiration. And did you just have a desire, Janice? Did you have a? Did you just want to know more about large animals, or just wanted that experience, or or how did that come about? Well, what happened was uh, a position came up in a practice about a five-minute drive from my house that was uh, a small animal, and then they had some large animal as well. And when they hired me, they said, well, really, we're just hiring you to do the small animal part and to bring it up because we think the quality of our small animal is what it should be. But you might have to do the odd large animal, but only on emergency. Yeah, right. Well, okay, that's what it was, but large animal emergencies are real emergencies. And the first one that I did was a prolapsed uterus. And I remember looking at the um, Merck manual as uh, my husband was driving the practice vehicle. I'm reading the Merck manual, trying to remember what to do and trying to remember what James Harriet did with his prolapsed uteruses. And it, that actually 
was probably of more value to me. Use some 50% dextrose, put it back in, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, everything turned out fine. Well, <laughs> I admire you for even uh, attempting large animal medicine. I, I tell people all the time I'm inspired by that, but in my situation, my parents said I could kind of nurse whatever fit through the front door, and that eliminated everything you know, beyond goats. And that's kind of where, uh, I, I love large animals. I just know nothing about them. So I admire people that have conquered both of those medical worlds. It's brilliant. But <laughs> you went on to do other things then beyond large animal medicine. So how did you, how did that evolution occur? Well, so I ended up buying that practice with a partner who I subsequently bought out and then really getting rid of the large animal part of my practice, which was kind of dying off anyhow. Uh, and then I, so I was doing just small animal medicine, but I became very frustrated. This would probably about be about 15 years or so after I had graduated from veterinary school. I became frustrated with having a lot of cases that I couldn't get better, and I thought there has to be something more that I can do. And I had a patient who came in. The dog's name was Sissy, and Sissy had a back problem. And at that time, there was really no specialty hospitals. You could send the patients to a university. So I'm close to Michigan State, and I'm not, you know about three hours from Guelph. So I sent this dog who I thought probably needed back surgery to Michigan State. They did a myelogram on her and said, yes, she needs surgery, but the owner didn't want to have that done. So he came back to see me. I sent him to Guelph, same result. He came back again and he said, listen, when I go to, when I have a back problem, I see a chiropractor and I also get acupuncture and I want that for my dog. And I thought, oh my God, they taught me nothing about this in vet school. I think this guy's crazy, but I didn't say that to him. Instead, I said, well, I'm your veterinarian, so I'll see if there's somebody who can help you. I did find somebody who was just outside of Detroit to help this gentleman, and the dog did amazingly well. So as the universe would have it, uh, in the next month, I got seven patients like that who all wanted alternative medicine. I sent them all to this veterinarian who then by about the sixth patient, I called him up and he said, oh, I've been waiting for you to call me. And I said, you have been? And he said, yes, because the universe has chosen you to do integrative medicine because you want to know what I'm doing and you want to do it. And he was right. <laughs> so it, I kind of went on and did some chiropractic and then I did acupuncture and herbs and rehab and it sort of went on from there. That, that's a fantastic story. I love that. And I also love that he, he knew he was mentoring you even before you uh, made contact with him. I love that. So then you went, so you got additional training and I'm sure you felt just as I felt through that additional training that I just kept breathing deeper sighs of relief that I was adding modalities that I didn't learn about in vet school, which was really raising my confidence and my ability to treat things beyond what happens if A, B, and C doesn't work. I had this panic response of, oh my gosh, uh, you know, my, my client wants more and I didn't learn this in vet school. So I just kept learning as a prophylactic means of making sure I had something always to offer. But out of that, I think we become really diversified practitioners and, and stronger, better practitioners. What was the Janice, what was the response from the veterinarians around you? Were they, did they start referring cases or did they start to become leery about you went off course or what was, what was the general feel? 
Well, now rehabilitation was one of the first things that I did. I did uh, chiropractic and uh, actually at my chiropractic course, I met Lori McCauley, who really is very strong um, rehabilitation practitioner and, and thought this is great and learned how to do that. So, so I've been doing that since about 2000. And I would say that the whole thing was really client driven. The practitioners in my area at that time sort of thought I was like wacko because I was doing chiropractic and rehab, which they didn't believe in and acupuncture and then herbs. And so uh, now all these years later, they do refer to me. Um, mostly I think because I got boarded in rehab and proved that this is actually a real legitimate specialty. It's really what the clients want. And uh, so, but the, at the time, no, they, they kind of thought I had gone off the rails. Yeah. So I have a question just pertaining to rehab and just for our listeners or readers that don't know it's rehabilitation is physical therapy basically for animals. But I find it interesting that in human medicine, standard of care, if you're going to have a hip replacement or knee replacement, you automatically go to physical therapy. And I don't want to say immediately, but almost, I mean, they want you moving and they, mm -hmm. they want to begin the the rehabilitation process soon after surgery. Why, why is it that we still have so many surgeons not implementing rehabilitation modalities when they're, not only do they improve patient success and decrease pain and in term, uh, you know, long-term survival and quality of life and longevity, why do you, what do you think the pushback is in veterinary medicine? Um, I guess I'm leading that question into kind of this one world health or one health medicine where I feel like we should be taking more cues from the human realm when it comes to physical therapy for animals. What's your take on that? So I would agree with you, Karen. We should be taking more cues from the human realm. I think the pushback is that the is the old guard surgeons. Like when I was a um, a student and we took orthopedics, we were told that you know you fix up this dog's leg and then it cage rests for eight weeks because you're so worried that you're going to break the 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 repair that they've done. And I think that that is still in the back of their minds. Um, however, the clients are very much pushing back about that you know they're like listen doc whoever the surgeon is I had a knee replacement and they had me in physical therapy in 24 hours I want that for my dog and I would say the new breed of surgeons are really learning a lot more about rehabilitation or at least learning that it exists and and to realize that we who certainly are boarded specialists in rehabilitation know what we're doing and we're not going to break anything we are going to actually make them look better so and make the make the patients much better as well so i think that really that's what the clients want they really want the one world health thing and i think that's important yeah i couldn't agree with you more and it's fantastic you're basically role modeling that um, in your community which is beautiful so as you as you have expanded your career including different training and different modalities um that has made you i'm sure incredibly fulfilled as a doctor, uh, but that's not necessarily true of many of our colleagues. M many of our colleagues, I think, suffer from burnout slash depression or professional um, feelings of, of no longer having the joy of practice that we graduated thinking we would have for a career. What's your thoughts on that? 
So I, I would agree with you there, Karen. There are a lot of our colleagues who are very fed up with veterinary medicine, who felt very disillusioned. Um, I'm not sure if it's just financially or I think a lot of it is simply uh, professionally. They have patients that they know how they can get them better, but the client may not be able to afford it. Um, I have to say, I mean, I love veterinary medicine. I love being able to offer people um, other alternatives which sometimes do not involve surgery not everybody wants surgery for everything and in some cases the only thing that a um, truly uh, conventional veterinarian has to offer is well this is the treatment or there's euthanasia and they know in their hearts that these dogs will probably get better or these cats or whatever the species is but the client can't afford that and that I think it really pulls up the heartstrings of most veterinarians and really, as I said, what I did was patient-driven. I got into this because I had patients that I wanted to get better. I didn't want to euthanize them. The clients didn't want to euthanize them. So that's, and I think that brings a lot of joy if yeah. we just have one more tool in our toolbox. Yeah. And that, that's, I think, the chunk uh, where integrative medicine really shines is that if clients or if, if our pet parents, pet owners, either can't afford or would choose not to do traditional standard of care, I think sometimes clients feel like they're either being shamed or they feel inadequate as an owner, uh, but they're not, euthanasia is a, a drastic step to them, but what they're looking for are some other options. The downside is we didn't learn uh, other options in veterinary school. So the, the great thing about integrative training is it does provide a ton of other options. And that's one of the reasons I'm celebrating all things integrative this week is to hopefully inspire other veterinarians as well as pet parents in understanding the diversification that comes by looking at things that you can educate yourself about beyond veterinary school. You've done that, it sounds like, your entire career, which is uh, quite exciting. I'm sure that you have lots of success stories that uh, come to mind, but if you can think uh, of one or two cases that are overwhelming, like amazing, share them. Um, yeah, I have some some very very interesting cases, and you know, I have a lot of students who come from my through my practice, and a lot of residents. And I always tell them that what we do is integrative medicine, not alternative medicine. So we try to take the best from both worlds and and mix it for the betterment of the patient but and one particularly uh, amazing patient that I had was a dog by the name of Holly Hot Pants and Holly Hot Pants was a Labrador retriever she was five years old spayed female when she came to see me and she had a conventional diagnosis of Evans disease which is immune mediated hemolytic anemia and immune mediated thrombocytopenia so for our pet parents who are listening she was anemic had no red blood cells and her platelet levels were really low and this is an immune disease it's generally treated with prednisone and other chemotherapy type drugs and that's how Holly was very appropriately treated by her veterinarian she just did not respond to two or three of these chemo drugs and the pred she was just getting sicker well it happened that uh, her mom uh, I treated her other dog at one time for urinary incontinence using chiropractic so she brought in Holly to see me and said we've taken her off of all the conventional medications. seems to be making her worse I, we really think maybe we'd like you to try something 
And I looked at her and I, she was as white as a sheet and her packed cell volume, which is number of red cells, very, very low. And I looked at her and I'm like, oh my goodness. And she's off of all conventional drugs. Okay. I said, all right, we'll try. I said, I can't guarantee anything, but you know, we, we will try because her veterinarian just said, well, euthanasia and they didn't want to do that. So I did treat her and I treated her with some Chinese herbs and I got some help from my mentor, uh, Dr. Shea, who taught me everything about Chinese herbs really that I know. And, um, did some acupuncture on her, started her on Chinese herbs, and I thought, okay, well, and we, they made an appointment for the next week, but I thought, I'm not going to be seeing this dog, uh, but I did, and she went on and on and continued to get better and better with just acupuncture and Chinese herbs and some food therapy. We added some of that in there for her, and um, you know, she she recovered. It took about uh, six to eight months before she was at a totally normal red blood cell. Uh, but, you know, she went back within a year, she went back to doing agility. And I, you know, continued to see her for some maintenance things, but but that she was just an absolutely uh, amazing patient that yeah. that we uh that we were able to treat and I think without that knowledge she would have been gone absolutely that's actually a beautiful shining example of exactly what we're celebrating this week with integrative veterinary medicine awareness week is the fact that um, you save not just that dog but many dogs in your practice that come to you um, not maybe having success or needing some alternatives because conventional medicine doesn't have anything else to offer. What a beautiful story, but also how fulfilling for you as a doctor to be able to, to help those patients coming to you in a state of, I don't want to say last resort, but without other options. And yet you were able to not only provide other options, but save that patients and many other patients lives. So very inspiring. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you for joining us to give us background, inspiration, and um, overall input about just how important integrative medicine is. Well, thanks so much for having me and uh, always happy to talk to you, Karen. Love what you're doing too.